News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio where you want it, when you want it. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas with me like always, Rick and Jill Van Dyvendyke. And right now, Rick's trying to fix his chair. He's slowly My chair's sinking. He's sinking. <laughs> Good morning and welcome to the show. Uh, love to have you here with us and hopefully uh, you get to join us for the full two hours we've got for you today. Uh, you can always join the conversation at 1-877-332-8255. What's going on in the Garden Center? I've been away for a couple of weeks. Uh, I had a big show last week in Regina. I was with Rod hot rods it was the majestic car show then and a couple other things i was doing before that how, how so was, how was the weather in regina uh this weekend or last weekend last, last weekend. weekend was still pretty good it was a little cool but yeah it was it was decent yep. it was decent yep. so, i mean weather's looking good around here at least in in saskatoon regina as well for the next while coming up yep. temperatures are kind of around that you know it, six seven eight degrees at night it's kind of strange because you know out in the country there's still there's still snowdrifts in the bush, right? All right, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's it's still early. We don't think it's yeah. early because we've been getting these plus twenty days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel early. But in the garden center, things are filling up. I think our hanging baskets are looking the best they ever have yep. coming up to Mother's Day. They're really? so full and beautiful. Um, lilies are starting to come into bloom. Um, our perennials are fully stocked. People are starting to to dig in their yards and uh, and fill in some empty spots right I now. T- I turned all the irrigation on at the garden center, yeah. so everything's running, so we can water all the plants. And because the nice. plants are coming in this week, the plants, all the the cedars and junipers, and all the other types of uh, shrubs and everything come all in this week. This and week so, is going to be a big week, week for all garden centers to just yep. sort of be fully stocked. I usually stocked. say we aim for being fully stocked by Mother's Day. That's yep. kind of our mm-hmm. goal. And then to be remain fully stocked from Mother's Day until just after the long weekend. That's yep. kind of our goal. And then that's when people will start seeing things sort of sell out after the long weekend. It's funny. Okay. Says, so, Where's all your plants? This is I always shoot for the main. I've been in this business for too long. I always shoot for the May 10th week to start, you know, Filling up the garden center, right? Outdoors, not in the greenhouse, but outdoors, and uh, people forget that we had a storm a week and a half ago. About <laughs> yeah, it really wasn't that long ago. No, right? and yeah. like we take out our crystal ball every year, and yeah. we say, "Okay, can we plant outside right now? Are we going to take that risk?" And you know what? Really, that's what we are. We are doing a little bit of yeah. a gamble right now. Yeah, I um, threw away the crystal ball. I just go. <laughs> I, I, I just go. Okay, I've been in this business for so long that this is the week that is fairly safe. Yeah, right. I, I feel like it is. It's yep. fairly safe. I would take any of your um, your annuals I would, and your perennials for that matter. They've all been greenhouse grown and yep. I'd put them out during the day, bring them in at night for about a week and then they'll be ready to plant outside. So huh. that's generally what I would do. So that that action there, I'm I'm going to wait. I'm going to be the one of the stragglers behind. Okay. I think the, the annuals and perennials, the, the new stuff we got to buy this year, stuff for the deck. I'm going to wait till like the beginning of June. Yeah, because you don't like hauling it in and out. You, well, that's right. You just like I, don't, that. I just don't have the space for it. You know, so yeah. last year we spent like, I want to say park your car outside. <laughs> no, but, it, but it's all going in the backyard. That's the problem, oh, right? Yeah. So it all goes on the back deck. There's yep, very little yep. that goes in front of my house. Yep. So it was like every night, haul everything into the kitchen, and then every yep. morning, get it outside. For like two weeks, we did that, yep. you know, because yeah. it was year, a long weekend. This year, it's hard because I think you might even be safe to plant right now. I've planted even the pots outside, um, but I am still taking that little bit of a risk. I yep. mean, you mm-hmm. could have one night that goes down below zero or... And, and it's all gone, right? Well, it's gone or else 
else you you lose some new growth on there and you have yeah. to prune and trim um especially your tropical plants um there's and, always things called the blanket yeah there's a blanket too but if you're planting your tropical plants your new guinea and yeah, 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 even some yeah. of your coleus yeah. it doesn't even like the temperatures below plus yeah. 10 so plus yes. 10 is yeah. my sort of guideline um for putting some of your more tender plants outside yeah we had we had struggled with the coleus in the beginning last year yeah. so and then people ask me also now is when can i plant my garden right when i can yeah. start putting seeds in the ground oh, right now and so you can put seeds in the ground you can put seeds in the ground the only thing you got to watch is that uh if you have a soil thermometer and most people don't but i mean it, they say that for potatoes about plus 12 a soil temperature oh, okay otherwise you could get some some bacterials grow them and then you get the rot happening yeah, we might but, not be quite plus 12 in the soil temperature yet hey well, and you know what I, what I always say is that take a look around your yard yeah if you see the spireas you know all starting to you know put the leaves out pretty good and and other plants around your yard you know the perennials are all poking up and everything else usually by that time your temperatures are getting good i look out in the country and even I'm looking across the river right now, we've got a great view of the river right here, and I'm looking down here, and I see all the aspens and poplars. It, you all see a green hue happening over there. Just a tinge, and, yep. and if you see that out in the bluffs in the country, that means there's all that you know, that mat of leaves and everything else. So that usually means the frost is out pretty good, and then we can get going. Yeah. The right. far, farmers just out by Dundurn, the farmers were seeding. Oh, good. So, okay. you know, if, if the farmers are seeding, let's go to her. Right. Perfect. Okay. So it's kind of like, let's, let's get going, yep. you know, uh, and the greenhouses are all going to be full I'm, right I'm away. I'm not going to put my tomatoes out there, right? My bending plant tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Unless no, I put tomatoes, a, unless peppers. I put a little, you can put a cloche over top of yeah, them. You can put a cloche over top. It's a little hot house, you know, a little, little, little tubby mini greenhouse over top okay. of them. Yeah. You can but, also get those greenhouse um, cages where you, it's almost like a round hoop that goes around your garden. Mm -hmm. And then you put a frost blanket over top and it's a white blanket. It allows the sun through, but it keeps the frost off and it also helps keep the bugs out too. And, and there's some cloches that have it's like an accordion. You pull it out yes. and it has the, the frost blanket on it and built in. Or yeah. bug bug keep the keep the uh the flea beetles and the, all that kind of stuff off some of your crop that Those you were great. Those yeah. are some sometimes one of the must haves here in Saskatchewan when you're trying to grow some things in your garden so you can yep. start earlier and then also harvest later on in the season. Well, if we're getting the word from uh, these two that it's just about time to get things going, uh, either in the ground, maybe yep. some of the tender stuff, not quite yet, and you want, uh, you've got concerns about something that didn't turn out well last year, now's the time yep. to get a hold of us. one 332 8255 If you're up by Prince Albert, you might want to wait a little bit longer. Okay, yeah, that's But right. if you're down by Maple Creek, well, you probably have it in already. That's mm -hmm. right, exactly. It, it kind of depends where yep. you are. Let's go to the text line, and uh, this is meant for, sorry, is, is sent from, not sure, but if you do send us a text, make sure you tell us where you're from, and sometimes that helps us out, or your name. Uh, I have a fern leaf peony that is coming into its second year. It is coming back, but last year it barely held on, even though I was watering it every day. By fall, you could barely see it. It's on the east side of the house. Should I move it to the south side, or what can I do to encourage growth? It would prefer a south so, or west exposure. Mm, That's okay. what it would prefer. Watering it every day they, might be a little bit that, too much. They actually prefer well-drained sandy soil mm, yeah. um, when they're growing. The other thing the first year with a peony, fern leaf peony, is sometimes they will go dormant in that first year. And uh, and that's something to remember. It will look like it's almost dead or dying, but it's actually not. It's just going dormant. So just sort of keep those things in mind. It, they do prefer it on the south or west side of the yard. Um, they like to go dry between watering, so make sure you probe the soil 
soil while you're getting used to that area. It feels dry to the touch before you're watering and fertilize when you're water. So um, that's the biggest thing is don't water every day. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Water when it's dry. And I'm reminding my greenhouse staff of that all the time. They're not just going to the greenhouse to water. They're watering when the plant is dry. Mm -hmm. Roots actually like air. They don't like water. So yeah, they can't drown. Right. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we need to give them enough water that they have, they can soak up those nutrients, but they. Especially peonies and rhubarb, they just don't like it wet all the time. Not at all. Yep. Perfect. Okay. Next text is from Kathy, who's in Regina at 1-877-332-8255. Good morning. Every spring, my front lawn has a huge area of dead grass. It looks to be almost all dead this year. I've been told it's, uh, chinch bugs or cinch bugs. What treatment should I use? When should I use it? You can use a product called trouts. You can actually hook it onto the hose, and it has a, a pyrethrin in it, and you can that'll take care of the cinch bugs right away. Okay, it's called trounce. Trounce. Yep. Okay. Yep. My yard looks like that, but it's from snow mold. Like, it's, yeah, it's pretty bad this year. Yeah, yeah I, it could be snow mold too. You know, I had a bunch that was really laid down. It was the, the last part of the yard to melt. Yeah, I had sort of halfway through when I still had some piles of snow, yeah. but there was some grass showing. I, I kind of raked that up, and it looks yeah. pretty green now. Oh, good. It's the stuff that was under the the last of the of the snow to go. Yeah, I finally raked that up. It's yeah. drying out, and it actually is now turning a little bit green. So don't panic just yeah. yet because. I, I think I'm raking mine up today, and I'm going to throw a little bit of seed over top mm-hmm. of mine too, just yeah. some overseed, just yeah. to maybe add a little bit more if it has if died. We, if it was good last fall and it just happened now, it's probably not cinch bugs. Cinch bugs would come right about now and forward, mm-hmm. right? You would start seeing it. Right. So okay. if it happened already, it's probably snow mold. And then just keep as the snow uh, you know it retreats from your driveway and that kind of stuff. Just keep raking it, fluffing it up right away. Yeah. You know that's the big one. And if you have a Recurring problem, put some copper sulfate down in the fall just before mm. the first snow. Mm-hmm. That's okay. A good idea. Okay. Um, can I start fertilizing my lawn yet? Absolutely. Okay. Power as- rake, aerate, whatever you want to do. The whole bit. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. As long as it's like the power rake thing is just, there's only one caveat to that, right? The power raking is that if you've got like a, uh, you know, a dethatcher, yep. right? You have to have it dry enough. You want to be able to stand on the grass with your socks on and them not be wet. So Right. Because if it's go. too wet, you yeah. rip everything out. Yeah, that's you, right. you, just, you don't just pull out the, the thatch. But you pull out most, everything. It most, just turns to dirt. Most yards I've seen, unless it's on a north side of the house, you know, uh, it's pretty much ready to go. Okay. Yeah. I've got one patch in my front yard that we only raked last week and it was still pretty wet. And so it's, my, it's my not front, quite My front yard quite, is soaked. So. Yeah. It's yeah. not quite ready. Yeah. The backyard's better though. Yeah. So yeah, that's on my list to do pretty soon here too. But your backyard faces, your front yard faces north, north. in yeah. between two houses. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's the no grow zone. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing lives <laughs> we, there. We get nice green grass in the summer. Though. Yeah. That's about it. Okay. We're going to get to Maryland's text in a second. Uh, sorry, Maryland's call. Tammy's text, as well as Sherry in Saskatoon and Reg in Regina. Guys, hang on. We're going to get to all this when we get back. And Marilyn on the phone line is up first, but we're going to take a quick break. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Thanks for joining us here at Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick Van Dyke, and it's a beautiful Sunday. Hopefully it's nice where you are too, but at least here we're seeing some blue sky, which feels really good, and some pretty decent temperatures. A little bit windy today. It seems like that's kind of going across the board, and that was sort of a, a theme, theme from the weekend. I, I don't know. I, as long as the wind keeps blowing the correct way, so all the you know fire, forest fire smoke stays stays yep. west, stays west, yep. stays up north, whatever it is. Um, and make sure if you're, I'll out, be happy. Make sure you're out there last out out there with your dog and everything else, the dog parks and those kind of things, and uh, the ticks are out. 
Oh yeah, right. The ticks a, are out. My had, mom had a couple on her. Had, if you had them on her today, I had I had a few of me because I was down by right beside the lake. We were putting in the irrigation pumps into the water and into the wells, and so uh, the and so yeah, I had some ticks on me last night, and ah. my dog had a bunch of ticks on them. So. Yep. I can always tell when spring's here. As you can hear in my voice, it's allergy season. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> you sound sick, but you're not. No, I'm it's not. just allergies. It's just allergies. How, how fun is that to have yep. allergies like that work in a garden? <laughs> but you know what? It's worth it. <laughs> That's good. Okay, cool. We've got uh, text to get to, but as well as calls. So Tom is going to be coming up here in Regina shortly. But first in Saskatoon, Marilyn's joining us. I think she's got a pruning question. Good morning, Marilyn. Hi. Uh, I have a. Uh, five foot high uh, musical pine out in the country, and the deer uh, chewed uh, about a foot up from the bottom to the top. And there, the, there's growth in the bottom, and there's just a bit on the tips of the of the musical pine. But I'm wondering, if, should I just cut those uh, branches off? I leave, I leave them for a bit. Okay, I leave them a bit. I, I'd leave them till the end of June, and then decide. Because sure. right, right now, pines, you, if you prune them right now, they're going to bleed like crazy anyways, okay? Oh, okay. And so it's okay. not a good time to prune them. So I would wait because if, if the, like on some of my pines, the, the um, on some of them, and some of them, they ate everything, but but other ones, they ate just the needles, and they left the old bu- the buds there. So the new buds will come out and start filling those areas in again, okay? Oh, okay. And they, yeah. they put all their growth on in June, so you'll by the end of June, you'll know, and then you can do some trimming. Sure. Okay. okay, good to know. Okay. All right, thanks, Marilyn. Good. Thanks. Yeah. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. Speaking of uh, pruning trees and deer, I was just this weekend in White City Emerald Park area out of, out of Regina. Yeah. Wow, you should see the damage down there. There are so many places, so many houses who have used cedars as like a hedge, yep. like a row of cedars. And they're all, you know, the columnar ones, the, the yep. tall ones. And it's like somebody drew a perfect line down okay. each row. They yeah. have a topiary they are, hedge. They have a topiary hedge. Yeah. It is eaten, gone, yeah. up to about like six and a half feet or so. Yep. And that's it. Everything everything about that, nice and green, pretty. Yep. And I, there's probably about five or six houses I saw. It was all repeats of the same thing because yep. the deer just wander in and they've mowed it all. Yep. So is that now time to maybe plant another shrub or, or bush in front of that to sort of fill in that fill space? Fill in the spot. If you have space yeah. in between, you can do that. You know, I had I had so many calls and saying, you know, even calls saying, I thought you said those were deer resistant. Well, there's a difference between deer resistant and deer proof. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, plastic but, but, is deer proof, but but I mean deer resistant is normally on a normal winter. Okay. Yeah. The deer will bypass them like lilacs, right? Spruce trees, those kind of things. They'll bypass them because they'll eat other things, right? They'll they'll eat your your apple tree or you'll eat something that's more you know grass around whatever. But this year because the snow came so early and we had those type of wild temperatures this year, mm-hmm. the the animals were hungry. They were. They were really hungry. I mean, there was, um, you know, the, the they just they just were hungry. Well, and and cedars have some moisture yeah. in them, and right? They, they were digging down. They were digging down three feet to get my little junipers because they could smell them underneath the snow. Right. They were starved. And evergreens yeah. have a little bit of moisture in them, right? Yeah. So it's food, but it's also it's you know they were eating uh, whatever they water could, too. and so they usually eat what gives them the best energy value, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why they don't normally eat lilacs and those kind of things because it doesn't give them as good of energy as, like, say, a pine because all the sap in it and that it gives right. them lots of energy, and so they won't eat that. But this year, honestly, they were eating; they were desperate. Yeah. 
right? So they're eating everything. So that's why we had so much damage, even rabbits and voles and everything else. I get so many pictures of the garden center of their, everybody's fruit trees and shrubs and everything else underneath the snow, you know, or, or just on top of the snow where the, where the rabbits could get at them. Mm-hmm. We're uh, going to be selling a lot of tree wrap this there, fall. Yeah. 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 There was so much damage, right? Not just in Saskatoon or Regina or it was right across the province. Yeah. And, and what's so frustrating is that like st- those hedges I saw, you know, those trees would have, you know, they've been planted small. Yeah. They, they've probably been around for 20 plus years. And it probably took that long to get them that big and full and nice and neat yep. and all in a, you know, great row. And it's basically ruined in a year. And they're, they're toast, right? Yep. I mean, you, yep. they're never going to really fill in the bottom again. They will, but you're going to have to fence <sighs> yeah. so the deer don't come back next year because they know they're there, right? But I have a topiary tree, apple trees. Anybody in the, the garden? The ones that we ones? have along yes. the, fence. the fence. The voles got those ones. Yeah. And they were, I planted those ones there in. In 83. In 83. Man, oh man. The year and I was bored. They're, and they're done. <laughs> And they're done. Yeah. Frustrating. Okay. Well, let's, let's go to something else here. We got Regina, or party Tom from Regina on the phone lines with us, who's also got a question. Hi there, Tom. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. I can sympathize with the allergy thing, too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be buddies in this together. You betcha. I just do a Claritin and carry on. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, for years I've been adding lots of leaves to my soil because it's sandy. Yep. Is that the right thing to do, or am I changing the pH or what? No, no, it leaves is fine. Uh, any kind of compost you could add to that sand that that'll help hold the moisture there. Okay, so that that's okay. that's perfect to do. Just keep adding the the compost, to, and even if you can add those, you know, the leaves and a bit of grass, twigs, everything else, and mix it all together, and then add it. It's even better. All right. Okay. I just didn't know if I was doing it right. Yeah, that's all. No, you're fine. The only Thank thing, you. only thing you don't want to do is if your leaves have come from a diseased tree. Okay. Okay. Then you yeah. want to get rid of those. You don't want to use those. But if it's just your regular leaves, absolutely. All right. Thank you. Okay. Have a great day. You too, Tom. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255. Got some text to go to here as well. Uh, speaking of cedars, <laughs> this is Sherry in Saskatoon. Can you tell me when to begin and how often to fertilize Brandon cedars? Branded cedars, I always say about May the 10th, which we're coming up on that real quick here, right? Mm, okay. May the 10th, and then you go uh, every three weeks until July the 15th, and you stop. Because by August 1st, they're, they're gone dormant. They're, they're down their growth. So I like to set the banquet table in May. They'll do most of their growth in June, and then a little bit of growth in July. And then that way, now they, by August 1st, they're done their growing. And we use what kind of fertilizer? I like using, if you want lots of growth, especially those ones that you're trying to get to come back, all those trees that got, you know, naturally pruned, I call it. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, use 30-10-10, and uh, it, depending on the size of the plant, um, like the bigger, smaller the tree, you might be, able, like if you have a little tiny shrub, you might use a liter, and if it's a little bit bigger size, two liters to uh, a tall tree, like let's say uh, it's a 30-foot spruce tree, I'm probably going to use about 10 to 15 gallons of water around the drip line of the tree. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, always remember, you're, you're watering and fertilizing the yep. drip line, not at the trunk. And, and you do as much as you can, obviously, because you know you're not going to put 15 gallons uh, on a tree if I only can if the half the tree is underneath your driveway. Yeah, right. Yeah, obviously, so, right. So then you got to ration it down because you're only doing one side. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Quick break. Paul, a call from Paul is uh, coming up just after this, and then we're going to get to more texts which have rolled, lots of rolled in. So we'll get to those when we get back. But uh, stick around, lots of show to go. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Hey, I'm Jay Thomas, and welcome back to Garden Talk. Beautiful Sunday. I'm here with 
Jill and Rick, of course. And we've got some calls to get to and a bunch of texts. So we're going to keep going with that and have some fun along the way as well. So waiting the longest on the phone lines. Uh, Pam, hang on, because Paul was first. He's in Saskatoon and wants to talk about some apple trees. Hi there, Paul. Hi. Uh, how are you guys today? <laughs> Good, you? Great. Um, I actually, if I could squeeze in another question before I get to my apple trees. Sure. Uh, I have uh, asparagus plot, and it's exploding right now. Yep. Um, I have tiny little ones that are like, well, they're tiny, but they're about four or five inches tall. Should I be cutting those down? No, you want to leave your asparagus um, up and you actually don't want to harvest it until the asparagus little um, fruit is about the size of your pinky, the width of your pinky. So let okay. it grow. And then you only want to harvest those, those little babies when the asparagus is mature. So that's important to do yep. to get your crop good because you want those roots to get nice and established first before you start harvesting. I mean, okay, you, yeah. you, could, you could always, you could always, what I call, harvest a few little ones just to be able to put a couple on to garnish your plate, you know? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm not a real big fan of asparagus, though. <laughs> well, hey, I'll give you my number after, Paul, and you can just ship it all to me, because I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I planted the garden for the simple reason. I'm not going to be here forever, and this is this is something people love. So I'm, I want a healthy asparagus garden. Yep. You know, it's a good resale value. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's very cool. That's so very your, cool. Apple, your apple tree. Uh, yes, I have two apple trees. Uh, I have a Red Delicious that's, yep. that's budding out now. But my my far side isn't. I don't see any buds yet. Should I be concerned? It's, or? it's early, so some varieties will will come before others. Now you said delicious. It actually is a delicious, like a because they they aren't uh, t- totally hardy in Saskatchewan, right? Red delicious apple. Oh, it's yep. a beautiful tree. I oh. get huge apples out of it. Perfect. It's uh, yeah, because normally the red delicious it's a BC variety, right? Which yep. is more of a zone four, so so you could get some damage on them. And the other variety was you said, uh, Fireside. Fireside. I haven't heard of that one, so I'm not sure about that one. So, well, I got them from out east. Yeah, okay. They came from out east, and yep. you know they've been very good to me. So yeah, it must be a sheltered area. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes a big difference. Now, if his apple tree is kind of dying back on the one side, is there anything that he can do? Well, just wait until everything buds out and then do some trimming of the ones, the parts that have not going to bud out. But it's too early yet. Don't panic yet at all. Okay. I always tell people that people are thinking, you know, that seeing their, their bushes that they bought and are bringing it back to the garden center and I'm scratching the bark and they're still alive. Yeah, so, don't be digging things up for warranty yet. Yeah, just just wait for a little bit longer because it's too early yet. Some plants. Yeah, no, th- these are five year old trees, and I've had awesome, awesome yeah. production out of them over yeah. the years. I'm just a little concerned no. when I was looking at them. No, give it another couple weeks, and you'll know for sure. Awesome, thank okay. you so much for your time. You're Thanks welcome. again, Paul. Take yep. care. Bye. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We're going to Regina right now to talk to Pam. Bye. Hi, Pam. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? <clears throat> Oh, Pam's not ready to go, I don't think. So we're going to keep going here down the line, see if we can get to our next caller. I think waiting the longest is Elizabeth, who is in Cutworth. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi, good morning. How are you? Good morning. morning. What's your question for us? I have a question regarding uh, birch trees that were actually bought at Dutch Growers in 79 or 80. Uh, My parents had the yard. Yeah, they're they're amazing. We love them. Uh, They're a little tired. They're kind of dying from the top, and... uh, the sapsuckers or woodpeckers have gotten to them, and I'm wondering what you could suggest we do. Yeah, that's a tough one. If they're dying from the top, they probably have a, what's called a birch bore, okay? 
and that's an insect that bores into the trunk and works its way down from about 10 feet from the top and then works its way down the tree. Um, okay. That's a tough one. Um, but all you can really do is that you know, once we get into this, um, is this, this, once you get into July, you can trim the top, that top dead part off because that's, you know, harboring the insects, right? Okay. And then destroy, okay. destroying that wood. Don't leave it around the yard, okay? Um, uh, but that's about all you can really do. And then keep your tree healthy, like water and fertilize everything around the drip line of the tree. Keep it healthy. It's supposed to be a really hot summer, and those birch trees suck a lot of moisture up, okay? Yeah, so, for sure. So keep it watered. You can't just water your lawn on those birch trees. You have to actually water the tree as well, okay? And so using a root root feeder is probably the best way to use them so you get the water down below the surface, and you water the trees, you know, at least once every two weeks, like, really well. Okay. And, and then fertilizing, obviously, on the drip line of the tree, keeping it healthy, uh, that's, the, that's the biggest one. But, uh, like, honestly, once the borers get in there, it's really tough to get them because we used to have products like called Saigon, and that's not in the market anymore where we used to poison the sap and then it used to kill the bugs. But there's no real way of getting at the bugs uh, with any chemicals that we have. Okay. Okay. So regarding cutting it down, how far below the dead spot? Well, what'll happen is that you'll go down to where it's dead, and then what'll happen is you can look at the at the trunk of the tree that you cut off, and you can still see the tunnels. If there's still tunnels there, then you have to keep going down until you don't see the tunnels anymore. So, okay. So that's depending on what happens, and that's tough. You might have to get an arborist in there because those trees are tall. They are. Right? So they'll have to get a bucket truck up there and really do a check to make sure. But the good arborist will be able to tell and be able to get it out to the right point. Okay. And what kind of fertilizer? Uh, just use a 301010. That's what I would use. And uh, for that big of a tree, you'd be probably putting about 15 gallons of water equally around the drip line of the tree once every three weeks starting now and then quit around July the 1st, July 15th. Okay. Thanks okay. so much. You're welcome. All right. Thanks, Elizabeth. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Really cool story, too. Trees coming from Dutch growers like 30 plus years yeah, ago. Yeah. Well, that's really awesome. Very yeah. cool. Uh, we're going to keep going with our calls. Uh, 1-877-332-8255 is the number you can call and you can text. We're going to do a call, call of our calls first and get to the text line is when we get time. Uh, in Saskatoon, Brian is on the phone and joining us here. Hi there, Brian. Good morning, guys. Good morning. I've got a menacing poplar in my backyard. It's about 125 feet high. It's healthy. There's three main trunks <laughs> shooting up there. They're about a foot wide. About halfway up the tree, I got other branches coming off of it. It's uh, it's totally robbing all my neighbor's garden out of sunlight. Yep. I was wondering if I could get somebody in, if I could take off, chop off, say, the top 50 feet of that tree without killing it, and what would be the best time to do it? Um, yeah, you could do it. The best time to do those ones is actually, it's a poplar, right? You said probably, you said it's a narrow poplar, so probably an aspen or a tower poplar, right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. very high. Yeah, they're tall. Um, you could, you could, best to do that when they're dormant, so when the leaves, before the leaves come on, so you could do it in the fall. Like, I okay. suggest do it in the fall, like as soon as the leaves drop off. You could do it now, but they're going to bleed quite a bit right now. And when you when they bleed, then you're going to be attracting the the poplar bore. So I don't like doing it right now. If if I'm, I'd I'd wait until they're dormant in the fall, or otherwise next spring in March, right? But, okay, now I have a, a birch in front needs pruning. You say the best time to do that is when they're July they're fully leaf. Yeah, July starting in July and through the end of September. Okay, thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thanks, Brian. Yep. Yep. Take care. Bye bye. 
One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. You know what? We gotta hang tight real here quick. Uh Doreen is in the line and wants to talk about tomato plants. Doreen, hang on, you're our first call as soon as we get back. And we are gonna get to our text line here as well. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. You're listening to Garden Talk on nine eighty CJME and six fifty CKOM. Welcome back to Garden Talk. I'm Jay, and we're just getting about to hour number two here. Not quite yet, but uh, this this show goes by quick. It's it's you know in the winter we've got an hour, lots of time. In the summer, it ain't enough time. Nope. So <laughs> no, to our show just... to get through everything, lots of text to get to. And sorry if you're waiting for your text to be answered. We always go with the phone calls first because those people are waiting, you know, right there on the phone lines with us. So I had, I had a customer the other day came in and says, uh, "You know what you need to do? You need for the for the summertime, you need to switch with Gormley." <laughs> Give <laughs> yeah. it us the prime time. <laughs> prime time, yeah. Garden talk yeah. all year round, no, all, that, all day, every day. Yeah, couldn't do it. N- uh, no, no. <laughs> I need time at the garden center. That's that's right. Yeah. Okay, let's go to Regina right now, and we'll talk with Doreen. Hi there, Doreen. Hi. Uh, I have some problems with my tomato plants. Uh, I took them outside to get some sunlight. I put them on my driveway, getting the nice sun and. Uh, all the leaves, um, well, I'd say 75% of them, turned white on me. Yep, sunburn. And uh, so they are now uh, little sticks. <laughs> yep. Are these leaves going to come back, or do I have to throw these out? You might get new leaves out, but you got sunburn, right? You just put, you just, it's like us going, you know, to uh, Cancun and going sitting out in the sun for eight hours the first day you're in Cancun, right? Okay. And so we get sunburned, right? So, so will they will will they be you know survive or a lot of them will come because they they a lot of times when you plant them you plant them down deep and they come up so they'll send up new leaves so that's not a problem so it depends how bad they are if they're just sticks and no leaves at all yeah um, just if you put them outside put them in the shady like a like on an east side rather than a south side okay not oh. right out in the hot sun before okay. you plant them before you plant them um but, but just sort of give them a like, make sure you're not overwatering them right now is really important because they're not going how many leaves so the, the plant's not going to be using much of that water right now okay so, yeah so really watch that too um and then you can if you want to take them on and transplant them and bury them a little bit deeper if okay. you, you'll start to see some bumps on the side of your stem and those are actually roots that will that will grow off the stem so that will also help the plant be stronger and healthier too so you can try those things i mean there's no harm in trying them you've already grown them this long already and then if it doesn't end up working out you can hop into the garden center there'll be lots available at that point in time Okay, and and what about coleus? I went out uh, yesterday to repot. I thought I'd take it outside and do that work outside, and I wasn't out more than five minutes. And also that leaf, and and these, like this is about a a three-inch, I think, plant, and and the leaves are really wide, like they're beautiful. It's a beautiful plant, and and, uh, I wasn't out there, I don't think, more than five minutes, and uh, the leaf started to turn white. Yeah, just make sure that you when, you when you put everything, you're climatizing slowly. So you okay. gotta, you gotta, you can't just put it straight out in the straight sun. And coleus don't like the hot, hot sun anyways. Hot sun, anyway. Right? Yeah. So you okay. gotta put them in a spot where you got, uh, you know, more of a uh, like a dappled light. Like put them underneath a tree or something like that where it gets some shade. You know, okay. Or put them in a deck where it gets some stronger sunlight, but it has a canopy over top or something. Coleus, okay. coleus love pinching and pruning too. So if you want to pinch those tips out of the coleus, they'll be bushier, healthier plants. And remember, those nighttime temperatures should be sitting around 10 degrees at night for those coleus to be going outside. Okay. Okay. Real okay thank you so much. Yep. Thanks, Doreen. Take care. 
Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255. We're going to keep going with our calls here to one of our regulars out to Spring Valley and talk to Elaine. Hi there, Elaine. Hi, folks. Uh, good show as usual. Thanks. I just wanted to tell you quickly, Rick, that uh, I haven't had a chance really to deal much with the with that rose cherry tree, but it's yep. really bleeding pretty badly. Uh, but I also wanted to say that my sister from Saskatoon went from Moose Jaw to Regina last week uh, to the airport, and I had told her to watch for the apple tree in the Dutch growers place. They could see it from the highway. Yeah. Yep. I bet, right? Yeah. That's that's a tourist attraction there, yeah. really. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> very good, very good. It's wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Keep up the good work, guys. Thanks, Thanks Elaine. Take care. Yep. Okay, bye now. one 332 8255 We're gonna jump over our text line here right now. This is from Reg in Regina. This is a really good question. Uh Rick, I've purchased the groundkeeper fertilizer. Yep. I have a Scott's mini broadcaster spreader. Right. The settings go between one and fifteen. Yep. Wondering what setting I should use. The back of the bag says six to ten, six to ten pounds per one thousand square feet. I don't know what that converts to with my fertilizer spreader. I think it's going to be around four. Around you four. Have a, the one of the Scotts fertilizer. I'm pretty sure so here, it's around four. Here's so what it's, I, it's the same as what you do the other fertilizer, and I think you put it at four. And I can't remember yep. the number. That's I, yep. mine. Might be at seven. I don't even remember. What I did is I looked at the Scotts fertilizer bag yep. of what it suggests for that number, it, it and I just you, left the number there and started yep. using yep. Groundkeeper. And also, it tells you how That's many. That's what I did too. It tells you on the bag how many square feet it'll cover. Right? Right. So that'll give you an idea. You, if you figure out how many square feet that area is, so let's, let's say it says the bag says most of the, I think groundskeeper says 4,900 square feet. I remember right. Okay. And so let's say 5,000 square feet. Okay. So okay. measure out your front yard. If your front yard is 2,500 square feet, you know that's going to be a half a bag to put on that area. But how do you know what rate it has to go down with so, that thing? So, because it's a, just a, yeah. a number system. So what you can do is that what I would suggest you do is you can make a quick run, you know, right, right beside your driveway on, on the grass, you know, and mm-hmm. you'll be able to see that you'll be able to see you get a nice, even covering, you know, that is not, not white, you know, yeah, or brown, right. or whatever the color of the fertilizer is. And, but you just have a nice covering. So there's, you know, there's a, there's a prill, but every, you know, but every inch apart. Okay. Right. And then, then, then what I like to do is I also like to, especially if I have a drop fertilizer, broadcast better, better is a little bit better, but if it's a drop fertilizer, yeah. then I put half of it in one direction and half of it the other direction. Then I don't get all these streaks because mm. I missed a spot. Yes. Right? So do it that way, and then that way is a better way to do it. And um, so even a broadcast spreader, if you go two different directions, you'll get a better coverage and you'll get a more even lawn. If you do that, then just just go one direction. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, all right. Let's keep going with our text line. Uh, this is from Mike in Avonlea, Saskatchewan. I purchased acreage with saline soil. There are old established evergreen trees that are, are thirty plus years old in the property. I'm starting to lose a few rounding needles and eventually dying off. Yep. I have never done any maintenance on them. The grass is growing beneath. There's no water that he does. So yep. what should be done? To save the trees, basically. Obviously, just what I suggest you do is just just like the last color, the groundskeeper fertilizer. Yep. Put put some of that around the trees because it, it has a seventeen sulfur in it, and if you have, have more of alkaline type of trees, the sulfur is going to lower the pH of your soil. The plants will be able to take up nutrients better, and then you also have the nutrients involved in that as well. So I, on my acres, that's what I use is I use the groundskeeper for my trees as well. As well as my lawn. Okay. So, oh, okay. Because right. you're doing a big area, right? Yes. I mean, if you just got a yard, I'm saying 30, 10, 10, but no one's going to take a bucket and do 30, 10, 10 for a thousand trees, <laughs> right? No. So then I'll go and broadcast my, my groundskeeper and it's way quicker. 
Okay. Right. All right. Um, this is one do, more. Do it before the rain. So I always put it, like when I broadcast around out in the fields in my acreage and that, is that I actually have my rain jacket on. Because <laughs> either that or taking a water tank behind and watering it in. Right. Because right. otherwise you don't want the nitrogen just to evaporate into the air if it's sitting on top of the ground. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Tammy Lynn is in Saskatoon on the text line. With the citywide green bins in Saskatoon now, yep. I've heard of people, many, many people cleaning up their yards already. What impact might this have on our ladybugs? I just uncovered, uncovered my strawberries and there were uh, a few of them still sleeping in there. Yeah, that's why, you know, we're getting to the point now where you need to uncover some of your plants. So, I mean, the, the pretty soon, as long as the leaves are coming out on your plants, yep. so if you have even just a little bit of leaves coming out on your spireas and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. the choke cherry leaves are coming out right now, the ladybugs will move to those because as soon as the leaves pop out, they'll be aphids. Yep. Okay, so they'll have something to eat. So okay. basically, as soon as you start seeing new growth on yep. your plants, that means that the ladybugs are awake, they're starting to eat, and, yep. and they're ready to go. So, so it should be okay. You yep. should be okay. There's there's enough new growth out and there. And especially if you put some little bit of, of this, put some, like, uh, take an ice cream bucket, okay, and put the lid upside down and put some water in it. The ladybugs will love that water from moisture and they'll stick around. Cool. Okay. Rhoda and Most Jaw. Rhoda, hang on. We're going to get to be your call as soon as we get into our second hour here. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Hour number two. Here we go. Garden Talk is here. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick Van Dyven Dyke. And it is, uh, well, spring. It feels good. Yep. The weather's nice. It's I think warming we miss up. spring and we're going right into summer. It doesn't seem that way. Just I know. Bang. Yeah. yeah it goes here. right from one to the other. Yeah. It's, it's no diff. We're all used to that here. It's, it's no different it's than got, fall, right? right? We kind of, we very rarely have a really nice long fall. It happens once in a while. Yeah. Most of the time it goes from summer to practically snowing. Yeah. You know? I, I remember times long, long time ago that we used to have, you know, snows and in Mother's Day and a long weekend. I mean, we used to put tarps over top of stuff all the time between Mother's Day and Long Weekend. <laughs> That's very true. I think the even last two years, years ago we were yep, doing that. Yep. So I see. I see. Okay. It's a sketch one. Yeah. Totally. Totally. We're let's used to it. let's go to Moose Jaw right now, and somebody who's been waiting patiently for us on the line wants to talk about a birch tree. There. Hi there, Rhoda. How are you? I'm good. Um, I think I made a mistake. I think I said cedar tree. It's a birch tree. Okay. That I think is crying. A birch tree, and you think it's mm-hmm. leaking? Yes. It's leaking at the top, or where is it leaking? All over the place? Um, well, it's coming from the branches up above. Okay. So, I thought it was raining, but it's not. Yeah. So, so we've been getting a lot of texts about the, yeah. this problem as well, so, too. So if you've texted this question, you can listen up now, too. Yeah, so the, pro- the problem you could have is that this time of the year, the sapsuckers are migrating through, through parts of Saskatchewan and going up north. And mm-hmm. they'll, they'll peck at the tree, and if they peck at the tree, then you'll get some sap dripping out where they peck, okay? And then all you, but you'll see the holes are like rings around the branches. I okay? have rot, yeah, yeah. And so that that'll be coming from there, or otherwise, if you have an older birch tree, you could have a birch bore, and they're the ones that drill holes and then mine, and then you get some sap dripping out of those. The black you'll see around is just the sap oxidizing; it's the, hitting the air and oxidizing. That, that's okay. what the black is from. Okay, okay, so but you have something that's that whether you prune the branch, okay, then it'll drip out of those, or otherwise the sap suckers or the birch bore, and that's the, what okay. you'd be having right now. Okay, there's nothing I can do other than like they're so high. Uh, yeah, so I have to get somebody in to trim. Yeah, if they're birch bore, then you have to trim them. They have to figure that out. If it's just a sap sucker, all you can really do is just keep the tree. Um, Keep the tree watered, basically, right now. Even even under both scenarios, keep the tree watered really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Because we went through a couple of years of drought, right? 
And so okay. uh, just keep the tree watered and not, that doesn't mean watering your lawn. It means putting out the hose and letting it dribble and actually once a month at least, every two weeks to a month, put the hose around at different spots around the drip on the tree and just let mm-hmm. it dribble so that it soaks into the ground, doesn't go down the gutter, right? And okay. then that will help you uh, for that tree because it, it's a, those are big trees. Could you put an owl out or something with that, get rid of the sap suckers? You could put an owl out. They don't like that. But also, the one thing I hate about putting owls out, in, it works well, but it also keeps the, yeah, the, the, good, it keeps the good birds away too, right? Which eat all the mm-hmm. bad bugs. And so you could, you could keep it for a short time out right now if you wanted to put a, a, you know, like a, a scarecrow owl out. And, mm-hmm. uh, but um, like I said, it's only for a short time that the sap suckers come in and then they move on and they go up north. So, okay. 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 Yep. All right. Thanks very much, Rhoda. Take care. Okay, thank you. Yeah, bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255. Gail is in Regina. Says she's having a problem with red ants. They hide under the flower pots that sit on the dirt. Last year, I saw them in my raised garden boxes. Ant powder really isn't doing anything. Can I put the sugar borax combination in between the vegetable rows in the garden? Yeah, you could. Yeah? Um, Or otherwise, you can use a thing called, uh, is called uh, ant-out nematodes. Yep. So it's a, but you can't put it on top of the concrete. It has to be someplace where they can get in. Well, so if they're, if they're in a garden box. You need garden moisture, box, yeah. yeah. You, have to, you have to moisten those areas first so that the nematodes can go down to the nest, okay? And the nematodes will go down to the nest. If you just do put it on top of dry soil, it does not work, okay? The nematodes. They have to go through moist soil. They want to go down to where the eggs are. And what they do is they burrow into the eggs and then they eat the, in, the eggs from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then what happens is the queen realizes there's, there, and then they keep multiplying. Then they, you know, they make babies and they go after more eggs, right? Yes. And eventually what happens is the queen decides, "Uh uh-oh, there's something going on here that I can't control, and she moves the colony away. And the thing is, once those nematodes run out of food, they they, 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 they die, die off themselves. They die off themselves. Yeah, That's correct. So they kind of take care of the problem, and then they don't yep. become a problem. Yep. So it works really well. Or always what happens is the queen takes some eggs with them, and then what she does is that those she eggs, moves the nematodes. she just moves them with them. That's what happens most of the time, right? So it basically destroys the nest eventually. Right. Okay, yep. cool. one 332 8255 right now. We're going out to talk to Bruce. Hi there, Bruce. Hello. What's your question for us? We're starting to get a lot of portrait lacquer in our garden. Yep. I just wonder if there's a pre-emergent chemical we can put on there before we plant the garden. Nope. Nope. Because uh, what does a pre-emergent do? It stops some seeds from growing, Right. Right, exactly. So then your corn is not going to grow, your peas are not going to grow, nothing's going to grow. Carrots aren't going to grow, lettuce you know, isn't going to grow. Nothing's going to grow there. So all you can do is, what my dad says, is put a bucket into the middle of the garden, like a five-gallon pail, and every time you see a portulaca, you walk into the garden, you pick it, and you put it in the bucket. Don't just toss it in the garden or carry it around very much, because you're going to spread seeds around, right? So yeah. just toss it in the bucket, and uh, and then... Um, and because if you throw it upside down on top of the, a lot of people will throw them upside down on top of the, on top of the ground, but that thing will still go to seed and spread a whole bunch of seeds. So put right, it in a, put, put it in a bucket and that's the best okay. way to, to control it that way. And we'll round up, take it out too. If you spray it with that. If you spray it, but then you got to be careful. Don't hit anything else. Yeah. The other- but, but, but it still will go to seed. Like mm-hmm. the farmers put round up on canola, right? Doesn't wreck the plant. Yeah. Right. So pick, honestly, pick it, put it in a bucket. Okay. Okay. Good. Yep. Thanks, Thanks, Bruce. Thanks. Take care. 
1-877-332-8255. Okay, we're going to keep going. This is from Outlook. Uh, Texture in from Outlook. Our lawn is terrible this spring. The grasshoppers ate it down to the ground last summer. Would you recommend overseeding or reseeding the lawn? And what lawn seed should I buy for an acreage? For an acreage, uh, the best for an acreage is go to a place like uh, like Early's Farm Garden Center in Saskatoon. Yep. And they have they have a couple of varieties of either sports fields mix or western parks or they 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 blend their own grass seeds there for acreages and for sports fields and for all the and city for, parks and and all those places that don't get a lot of moisture for people they do it for ditches they do it they blend it for everything around the province right there, okay so you're gonna you'll be able to tell them exactly what how much sun you get if there's yep. any shade yep. where it is what kind of soil you've got and they'll, I think they'll even ship it out to you too yeah they'll fix you up with the right stuff because they blend it for different scenarios like even for ditches where there's no rain at all right yeah so. So, if you have a small area, then stop into your local garden center. But if you have a large yeah, area... There's there's some that grass seeds that say drought on them, mm-hmm. right? You could put that down right. if, if you have a small area. Yep. But if you have a bigger area, just go over to Early's because they have the big bags and blend it and everything else. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Daryl is in Melville. I have an unknown tree in the front yard. It gets red berries every summer. Uh, after the snow melt this year, about 10 inches of the trunk has the bark stripped from the base of the tree. It looks like there's also hundreds of dead larvae around the tree. Ooh. Probably a McKenna ash, I would imagine. What would this be, or said, would it be from voles? It could be from voles that they ate the trunk, like yep. they did with my apple trees, that they ate the trunk. Um, yeah, if you've got a tree that's desirable, which a fruit tree is desirable to mm-hmm. voles and that, you almost have to put a tree wrap around the trunks every winter because you can't take a chance on one winter. It may not have happened for 10 years. Yes. For me, it didn't happen for 40 years. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, one year's gone. Well, and right? and same thing with the with the voles and moles that are you know giving problems in lawns this year. Yep. There's some people who have got some terrible front lawns. Yep. They're all chewed up. There's tunnels everywhere. Other people didn't have a problem. Otherwise, put if you had no problems, put some rock around those areas because voles will go from won't go from the grass to the rock area is quite as bad, right? Mm. But I mean, in my area where I had my apple tree, there was no grass or anything. It was just parking lot on either side. Yeah, and they went for it anyways. Now, when I'm wrapping those trees, am I doing the wrap that's tighter on the bottom like those white wraps, or can I use something like weeping tile around the bottom? Uh, You can use weeping tile too, yeah. Mm -hmm. That would work. You can split the weeping tile up and, you know, put it around it. The only thing I don't like about weeping tile as much when I go that high up is the black. Okay. So it attracts the heat, right? Right. So you've got temperature fluctuation. Whereas you use the something other one's white, white yeah. and it reflects the heat. For okay. Daryl, though, if that um, you could paint bark your, is you could stripped. Paint it. You could paint it, I guess. Yeah. I guess. We can right. tell you could paint it. That bark is stripped. If it's stripped like an entire strip around the entire ring of the trunk, yes. Yes. that tree isn't going to make it. It's probably no. going to look like it's going to make it this year, but next year what, it's probably what, not. What you could try, if you want, is you can take some upper branches, right? Some the ones branches are big. You can sacrifice them, strip some bark off of them mm-hmm. in strips, and then and then actually graft it on, and with then a stapler. with a stapler and graft it on, and then put some uh, some um, something that's going to shade it. You know, like almost burlap or something. Burlap or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Wrap it around there, or you could even use some cellophane and then burlap whatever keep the moisture there and then hopefully you'll get some some strips on them that will graft onto it the moisture can run up and then it can go that way so it's just like skin grafting on people right? mm, wow okay it's it's a lot of work and doctors it's it's not could easy. they call in an arborist and an arborist would be able to help them out with that 
I'm not, most arbors might be able to help them with that. I'm, I'm not. There's. I'm not sure which ones right okay. now. But uh, yes. Hey, we're into a quick break. Donna's text. Uh, Brenda in White City. We've got Tammy outside of Herbert. Joyce in Saint Walberg, and many more after that. All coming up. We're gonna get to our text line as soon as we get back. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. But we still got lots of show to go, but we got lots of text to get to. So that's what we're going to do right now. Yep. Welcome back. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980CJ Me, 650CKOM. Dawn has got two questions. She's from Saskatoon. Can I trim my cedars now? You can do a little bit of trimming so that you just see, as long as you don't trim back, so you don't see green anymore. You don't okay. want to trim it back, so you just have branches. Okay. Says, I want to fertilize my lawn, but I want to apply pounce for bugs. Yep. What should I do first? Um... The pounce, you may want to wait just a little bit longer mm-hmm. uh, because you might be putting it down for nothing right now unless you see a problem, okay? But otherwise, just wait another couple, another week or two to get a good kill on them, okay? Unless unless you know you for sure you have a, an infestation there now already. Right, okay. Uh, this is from Brenda, who's in White City. I just bought a hibiscus plant from Dutch Growers last weekend that is in the house, but I'm planning on putting it outside for the summer. Yes. Need some advice on watering. Does it like sunlight, direct sun? How does it do in the shade? Some leaves are turning yellow already. It's currently sitting in a well-lit stairwell that does not get direct sun, but it's yep. blooming. Yeah, so that's uh, probably why the leaves are turning yellow. Yep. It loves full, full hot sun. Yep. So. Uh, south or west exposure. You want to keep it evenly moist, so stick your finger into that soil before you water each time. It should go slightly dry to the touch before watering. Um, when you're fertilizing them, I find that um, hibiscus like the organic fertilizers better than the um, the the alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't like the salts that get into the bottom of the pot, so if you do use just a regular fertilizer, make sure you're leaching those pots, every once, that soil every once in a while, which means the water needs to come out that hole in the bottom of the pot. Right. So make sure you plant in a pot with a, with a drain hole in it too. Um, the other thing is, is uh, aphids love hibiscus, so it's one of those things you just have a, a bottle of Endol on hand, just like you should have with any of your annuals, and uh, make sure you're watching for bugs. We call that integrated pest management. So you're not keeping bugs at a level where they're zero, but you're keeping them under control. And one thing you have to remember is that hibiscus or any house plant, when you move them from one location, so they came from the greenhouse, you said you just bought, right? Mm-hmm. Moved into the house, you're going to have some leaves turn yellow naturally. That's normal. Okay, normal. Mm-hmm. And when you move it outside again, don't go right from your inside your house right direct into the hot hot sun mm. put it in more of a you know yeah, a, an a, east location east location or underneath the tree or something like that and then slowly move it out into the full sun yeah okay perfect okay? uh let's see this is for you guys it's uh not not sure who it's from but says question what do you guys think of the fertilizer spikes for spruce trees rather than water mix fertilizer okay the, the there's two that's a great question because i get that question all the time if you're just maintaining a tree the fertilizer spikes work great okay you have to put the, the right amount of spikes that it says on it says you measure the trunk and it tells you how many uh how many um spikes you do per tree and that's okay if you're trying to maintain if you've got a problem with you know a stress tree because of needle cast disease or spider mite or all that kind of stuff um, then you want to use a liquid fertilizer because it, it releases it right away. If you're going to put the spikes down, you need to put them down now because I want them dissolved and done before August. Okay. Hey. If I wait till later into June, they're going to last too long into the season, mm-hmm. which is not good either. Right. Okay. Okay. So there, there's two different reasons. So it's two different things I'll do. And a younger tree, if it's a smaller tree, I'll just use the liquid rather than the spikes. Tammy's from outside of Herbert says, I have two evergreens that are turning brown on some of the branches. Is there a way to save them? I've fertilized them. I've checked the moisture in the soil. Our water is high in iron and the ground is salty. 
ground is salty, just put some, uh, you fertilize this great, but add some sulfur to the soil. Okay. That'll be a huge one. Okay. Sulfur. Yeah. You want the pH to be around seven, 6.5 to seven for the spruce trees. So you may want to get yourself a soil test kit that you can do at home. Just get some distilled water and a soil test kit and do a test and you'll find out that way. But if you're having issues, you can fertilize all you want. If the pH is up around eight, 8.3 or eight, seven point eight, then the, the nutrients aren't, the plant's not going to take up the nutrients. It's going to be stuck in the soil. Okay, so you want to get your pH down so the plants can actually use a lot of those nutrients and be a lot hardier so they don't want to burn so much in the wintertime too if you've got the pH controlled. And when controlled. they're picking that up, are they picking up sulfur or aluminum sulfate? Or? Either one of them. Okay, so it's actually yep. labeled just sulfur on the bag. Sulfur or, or aluminum sulfate. Most of the time I see the aluminum yeah, sulfate. Yeah, a lot of times you'll see the aluminum sulfate around too. Like, yeah. Like even if you do, like even a whole bunch of spruce trees, use uh, if you are on a farm, just use your elemental sulfur fertilizer that you would use on a canola. Okay. okay. Uh, Ruth is Nippowin. We've got an old rhubarb plant that just doesn't produce well. What can we do for it? A rhubarb that doesn't produce well, an old one. What I do is I'd suggest you because they're starting. Mine's starting to sprout up already. Okay. So I would before it gets too tall. Mine's only like a couple inches. Yeah. Dig it up, or or Divide split it. or split up. Don't even dig it all the way up. Just. Just dig parts of it up around the outside, split it up, okay, and plant some new ones. Okay, like about then, a third you want to take off of yep, it. Take about a third and then split it off of it. You can just take a flat shovel and just actually dig a trench around it, and then take a flat shovel and slice off a third of it mm-hmm. and plant it over to another spot. Mm, okay, all right. Uh, Julie is in Battleford. Worms made it into my apples at the end of last year. Yep. I always kept the apples picked off the ground, so not sure what happened this year. Would it work to spray the ground under the tree to stop them? If so, with what? How often? When do I start? Uh, if not, is there an organic spray that we can use on the apples? So what, what other solution basically? Okay, the solution is that the, the, the larvae is down in the, in the soil right now. The fly went down, the worm dropped out and went into a cocoon basically and it'll come out, it'll come up in probably the end of June, July. It'll pop up as the, as a fly mm-hmm. and go lay its eggs around the apple trees, right? Yep. I'm look, trying to find a nematode that'll take care of it and I haven't found one yet. So you can put a nematode on the ground, it'll go after and, you know, destroy it that way. Um, but other than that, uh, spraying the ground, there's nothing will kill them at that stage. Uh, you can do is you can put a, you know, a, uh, you know, fly strips and those kind of things into your tree. Uh, I, sometimes people use a tennis ball and put tangle foot on it. But then what I suggest you do is also put a little wire mesh around them so the flies can get in, but the little wrens can't get stuck onto the tennis ball on this tangle foot because they see the little flies on there and they want to go eat them. And then they get their wings stuck on the, on the tennis balls. So you might have to do a little right. bit of craft time. So the, the point yep. is if we put a tennis ball or there are yep. those There's fake, fake apples, fake apples, yep. apple, right? apple maggot traps, you know, Same and basically thing. if you put one out there on the tree now, yep. Those flies are going to go... It's to, too early now. It won't help. Right. But a little bit later on. Soon. Yep. Sooner than you get apples is yes. what I'm saying, right? Yes. If it's the first apple there, most of them are going to go there yep. to lay the eggs. Yep. and They'll be attracted to it. They'll be attracted the, to the it. The fly will be attracted to it and, and land on it and get stuck and they can't lay their eggs. Right. So get those decoy apples going there's, there's sometimes. No, not much sprays you can use out there. You could use um, like a safer soap, but when do you do it? You know? You have to hit it right when the flies are there laying the eggs or just when the worm is just hatched out, you know, and <laughs> crawling down to the apple. Well, the timing that, on that is really tough. That's mentioned it could be over a series of many yep. days or weeks, yep. right? Now, so. I had some people, they mentioned that they put like a tarp down when the apples were falling so that they collected it. No, what I suggest you do is that I, what I suggest you do, if you've had an apple problem continuously, as soon as the apples start forming, start picking them and decide that year I'm not going to have apples. 
Yeah. Get Start picking before they even ripen everything else. Pick the apples all up the tree. So pick it bare so that they yeah, cannot they continue the cycle. So now the flies will go to your neighbor's place or to the farther away. Oh, right. Hopefully go, not to your neighbor's hopefully place. Hopefully not to your neighbor's they'll, place. They'll, they'll, they'll be gone somewhere else. <laughs> they'll though. be gone somewhere else. Hopefully not to the neighbor's because they're going to fly back to your place anyways, right? Yes. But but so, you could break that cycle. It just means one year you're going to buy your apples and, from and, the, and the farmer's market or your friend or the, something. The problem right? with that is if you have a flowering crab, how do you pick all those little apples? You know? Yeah, there are a million so of them. So there's a whole million of them there. But so. could you catch the apples? On the ground? Well, because sometimes, if, as soon as the apple drops to the ground, sometimes before the apple, because sometimes they hang on the tree, right? They'll drop out of the apple and onto the ground before the apple even falls. Yeah, that's, so. that's the thing. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to have more text coming up, so stick around. All the answers are on the way. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Thanks for joining us here at Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. It's a beautiful Sunday. Hope you're enjoying it, getting out there. I know it's been a bit of a tough weekend with some people because of the wind. It's kind of an issue. Oh, not a lot of people want to get outside when it's that windy. Hopefully it's not too bad today. We can get outside, do a bit of uh, outdoor stuff, cleaning up. I got lots of cleanup stuff to do. I have so much. Yeah, I guess it's... You know, building a deck and putting on a what's called a rain guard on top of the deck before I put the boards down. It makes my waterproof underneath it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, the wind has been brutal after doing that. Yeah. Yep, no kidding. Let's go to our text line. We're going to keep going through a lot of texts we've rolled into. Uh, let's see. This is from not sure, but the simple question. When I plant seeds from fruit, do I need to crack the hard shell? And how do I do, do, I do that without damaging a seed inside? So what are some of the fruits you can actually plant yeah. from seed? Yeah, there, there's some of them. Some like apples and that you won't get true to name. Mm-hmm. Okay, they'll go revert back to the rootstock most of the time. So, I mean, but you all will get other type of fruits like, you know, you can grow Saskatoons and different things like that from from fruit, uh, but yeah, your your plums and your apples will basically revert back to the rootstock because okay. uh, they're all grafted, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, so that won't work. But yeah, you could crack them. You could uh, you could put them into a sandy soil. You could I mean, there's some some of the other growers put them into a little bit of a light acid dip to to basically scarify them so that they um, they go. But I mean. Um, a lot of animals like squirrels and that kind of stuff do scarifying naturally, right? So um, some birds actually eat seeds and they're, they're acid in their stomach and it actually scarifies them and that's what makes them <laughs> One grow. of the hardest ones that yeah. I was just reading about to, to grow from seed is a cherry. So that's one yeah. that you'd be best to do from a cutting or a yeah. root. And, and so right. some cherries are on their own, fr- on like sour cherries are on their own root, so they'll yeah. be fine. Uh, so they'll do well that way, but it's also well. Okay. Uh, this is Bonnie who's in Saskatoon. So she, she's wondering the order with you taking care of your lawn yep. with overseeding, fertilizing, and spraying along for weeds. Yep. Which order do you do things in? Basically, I would, I would uh, because I want to keep the weeds actively growing. So I'm going to put my fertilizer and everything down first, and then and then because the weeds wouldn't be actually growing to make the herbicides work. Yeah. Okay. Like Killex basically outgrows the plant, makes the plant grow so quick, it, it grows so fast, and it twists and dies. Right. Okay. So um, and so uh, so basically, I would do my aerating, power raking, let the weeds start coming up a little bit, and then go and hit. Your... So fertilizer first. Yep. When's this? When do the seeds go in? Seeds first, then fertilizer? Doesn't, that doesn't matter. I doesn't do mine matter. both at the same nope. time. Yeah. I'll overseed yeah. and fertilize at the yep. same time. Yeah, you yeah. just kind of like, I, I, I do the same thing. I, I maybe the do the, the seeds first. And then... If you're going to seed, I wouldn't be putting a, a fertilizer with 30 in it, let's say. Right. Okay, like the groundskeeper is good because it only has a 16 nitrogen, right? Yes. 
And so if you are doing overseas and you want fertilizer, there is that um, rescue 911 that we have that has all three of them in together. All it's three got a top together. dress, it's got a seed, and it's got a fertilizer in mm-hmm. it. So that's a good Same one. Same time. Okay. Uh, Donna's in Asquith on the text line. Donna asks, what should the evening temperatures be before releasing the praying mantis outside? You need it to be at least 10 to 15 degrees um, nighttime temperatures. So we want to be sitting maybe about June yep. before we're releasing the praying and mantis. And you want to make sure that you've got insects out there from deep, otherwise they're going to travel someplace where there might be insects. Okay? Or they, they'll just die if they, they don't die. have anything. Yep. And water is really important when you're, when you're releasing them, that you have like a little dish of water. Yep. Mm, okay. Uh, this is uh, Tim, who's from Elbow Saskatchewan, says, I got a lot of cedar sawdust and wood planer shavings. Can yes. I use that as mulch in the garden or the flower beds? Yes. Yeah? Yep. Okay. Absolutely. So yeah, make make use of it. You're collecting yep. all of it with that, yep. you know, dust collector or I, the, I usually say with anything though, you don't want to be adding any more than a third of something into yeah, your like garden. You're, so you're only adding like a two a inches or something like that over top of the things. And you could also use in, use some of that stuff in your compost and layers too. That's great. Mm, okay. Great. Uh Adam is in Saskatoon. Is there anything I can do to keep blackbirds out of my yard? They seem to scare off all the other small birds like finches and wrens. Yeah, blackbirds, uh, they're around uh, because there's a body of water somewhere close by usually. Uh, but not really. I've got some around the garden. But we have water running all the time around the garden, yeah, so that's yeah. why they hang around. And so um, uh, I honestly I don't honestly don't know what the how you get rid of them. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's a tough one. It really is. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to, to get one, one single species of bird One single of bird species of bird because if, if I put any kind of scarecrow, it's going to get rid of all the species. Everything, yeah. Right, so that that's the issue. So I guess maybe the only way you could do is sort of a reset, you know, like is scare them all away for yep. a season. Hopefully, that when you take that scarecrow down, that scare owl or whatever it is yep. next year, that the birds you want come back and yep. not the blackbirds, you know. Yeah. Like I got, but, I got in my yard. They nest in my spruce trees, right? Yeah. But I have the lake next door, so that's why they love being there, right? Exactly. So, yeah. They don't like uh, helium-filled balloons, what I just read. So. Well, there's one we have. It's a big. It's a big balloon and it has a big eye on it. Like a huge eye, but like that's going to scare other birds too. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it will. Yep. Tracy's in Saskatoon. What's the best way to repair an area in the lawn that has sunk? The area that she's got is about four feet by two feet wide. It's about three inches down that that area has sunk down. Yep, so I just, have this problem. I was re- watching a YouTube video and what they actually did is they took a big two by four yep. and then they took some soil and they kind of just graded it with the two by four along. Yep, that's pack it as you go. Pack it as you go and then it made again. it nice and level. But make sure you pack it good. That's the big yes. thing. Otherwise you're just going to settle down and still have a dish there, right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so you can just, fill it in with the called, soil. It's called screening. Okay, it's okay. like doing concrete. You screen it with a piece of wood to bridge the the two uh, the high spots to the low spot, mm-hmm. and then keep filling and packing it in with your hands, or get a lawn roller, or or with your feet stomping. Now you can overseed right. that section. And well, but, yes. but the lawn, leave, the lawn leave, that you have underneath is also going to come up yeah, through that. It'll take longer because you're going to put quite a few inches, so then you have to reseed over top. Right. Yeah. Okay. So re- okay. so fill it up, reseed it, and that should strengthen that up and yep. flatten it out for you yep. too. Throw okay. their peat moss over top of it, and it'll get it to germinate quicker and keep them keep the moisture there too. This is from Robert, uh, or sorry, Rob, who's in Rostern. Wichita juniper has sun scald fairly excessively. What yep. can I do about this to help out recovery? And thanks for the program. They definitely just uh, start start watering, start fertilizing now, and then every three weeks, uh, if it's a big juniper, you're probably going to put about five gallons of water around it. And then you're going to also put some aluminum sulfate or sulfur around it to lower the pH of the soil. You people think, well, there's lots of needles dropping down, but even our water, the, the city of Saskatoon water, mm-hmm. the pH is up around 
eight to eight point three right now. So okay. even by just watering, we're all we're, our soil is more alkaline based, right? So uh, that'll help to stop the browning for next year. Gotcha. Uh, this is from who? David and Regina. The voles chewed three quarters of my lawn. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering if it'll come back or should I reseed? What's the best way to reseed? And, and can you reseed and fertilize at the same time? So Abs- the answer is yes. yes. You can yes. reseed and fertilize at and the same you, time. If you want, you can top dress just a little thin layer, get some, sh- get some screen topsoil and you can put some layers over top of that. It will grow in by itself if you don't do anything. Yes. If you just fertilize, okay, it will grow in because a lot of times the voles didn't eat right down to all the roots. They just eat the crowns, you know, right down the crowns. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of time that'll grow back again. Um, so, um, so that just takes longer. So it yeah. depends how long your patience is. I had it one year. I power raked it. Yep. I cut it short, you know, yep. to start with, did all that, reseeded it, fertilized it. And it was only a, a month and you couldn't tell any of the damage. Any damage. It all came back just yep. fine. So yep. yeah, it will, it will come back that way. Uh, let's squeak in, squeak in one more text here. Uh, this is from Gary, who's around Estevan. I have about one inch of topsoil over top of clay. Yep. Uh, would, would it be Not possible much. to, for, uh, for a good grass to grow there? Mm, it can, but you're going to have to fertilize lots. Yeah. Because there's no nutrients in the clay, right? So you're just going to get a lot of runoff too. Yeah, you see, well, you just have to, runoff is fine because sometimes you want the water to run away from the house and that kind of stuff. So, you know, clay, you have to put clay underneath anyways, right? Mm-hmm. To do that. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, it will grow there. You just will need to fertilize more often. Okay. Let's take a quick break. Helen is on the line. We're going to get Helen's call on when we get back. Texts from Barry, Leslie in Martinsville, Kayla and Estevan, uh, Les and Corning, and Brenda and Regina all coming up. So stick around. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Thanks for joining us. It is like the lightning round where we got to go through the rest of what we've got, but there's just a few texts and a call that's come in. So we're going right now to Wadena to talk to Helen, who's been waiting patiently. Hi there, Helen. Oh, hello there. I was just wondering, when do I fertilize the fruit trees? Fruit trees? What kind of fertilizer do I use? You want to use a fruit and berry. You do not want to use 30-10-10 like I talk about with a lot of other shrubs and trees because it's too high of a nitrogen for fruit trees and they won't produce as well, okay? So use what is called a fruit and berry, which is a low nitrogen, and it has more potassium and phosphorus and a whole bunch of micronutrients in it, okay? You can even use uh, the alfalfa pellets and make a tea or even put the alfalfa pellets around. I like making a tea. Then that way the rabbits don't come around and eat all the alfalfa pellets. And so... uh but or an organic vegetable and fruit uh, uh, fertilizer, lots of those around. You can get those any, almost any store around Saskatchewan. Just a, a vegetable and fruit fertilizer. It's uh-huh. slow release or uh, water soluble, and you can use that as well. Uh, I couldn't use a twenty twenty twenty. No, too high of nitrogen. Okay. I, I use twenty 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 if I got a young apple tree. I, I don't care about the fruit. I want the tree to grow. Uh-huh. But if I'm, I want lots of fruit and the tree to be the fruit to taste really good and everything else. Go to more of organic fertilizer, which has all the micronutrients, and your plant will do better and you'll get better fruiting out of it. Would not you don't need that twenty. You only need like a three or five and in, in that range. That's all you need for number first number, not a twenty. Oh, I see. Okay. God. Okay, I I I wanted with twenty 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 before, but didn't. I guess I was using the wrong one. Then. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna, if you have to use twenty twenty twenty, and it's all you got around, only use it once in the spring and don't use it anymore. Okay. Oh. Okay, but also, what about the, my burning bush? What kind of fertilizer oh, do I use on you, that? Use your twenty twenty twenty. That's perfect for the burning bush. Yeah. Yep. And that's dormant. Uh, when can I spray with that? Does, does a tree have to be dormant? It has to be no leaves on it. No leaves on it. No leaves on it. As soon as it has leaves on it, you cannot use dormant oil anymore. 
Okay, so I can spray now without even any blossom coming in? Well, see, Dormitol is only to get fungus and insects before they, so they don't hatch, okay? Yeah. Or any funguses from spreading. So if, as soon as the leaves come on, it'll actually stipend the leaves. It'll actually coat the leaves so they won't grow properly. Okay. Okay, so you can't do it once the leaves are out. You have to do it when there's no leaves on the branches. Okay. Okay? Okay, thank you. All right, welcome. thanks, Dylan. Take All care. Right. Bye now. Bye-bye. one 332 8255 This is Barry, who is in Kindersley on our text line. Can you propagate Dakota birch trees from cuttings? No. No. That won't work. It won't work. Okay. Don't try, even try. Tried it. Tried it. Didn't work. Tried it. Been there. Done that. <laughs> Go buy a tree, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's 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 a tough one. It's uh, most of most of them done now with tissue culture. So they're done. They're grown in a lab. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Leslie's in Martinsville. Hello, Garden Talk. My thirty-year-old evergreen tree has tons of pine cones on the top, six feet of the tree. It's actually bending over from the weight. Uh, none none of them are further down. They're all yep. on the top six yep. feet. Yep. Is there something that be, can be done to get rid of the pine cones? Well, that's caused by stress on your tree, number one. Yeah. So make sure you're fertilizing it and watering, watering it well this season. Mostly, likely, it's the watering issue that yeah. you'll see it more. Um, I mean, you could go up there with like maybe an apple picker and try and knock yeah. some of them or off. Hire, hire an arborist. They'll yeah. come take them off, They'll take right? them off. Because I know there's even out here in front of the, uh, the in front of this the radio station here, there's a whole bunch of tops that are all snapped off because that happened last summer, late summer. They they put on pine cones when they're stressed to yeah. reproduce. That's reproduce. their point, right? Yeah, that's right. And they, they just happen to make them all the top there. Yeah. So... That's it's telling you it's this. it's telling you that there's a little stressed out, and so that's why yep. it's trying to reproduce you need to itself. Mix, you want to make sure that it's not going to redo it again this year and even have more again. Okay, right. so that that's the big one. Okay, if you can get up there and, and trim them off safely, okay, and not you know because it's not very safe up at the top of the big trees, and so if you can do it safely or otherwise, just make sure you. Uh, Jill says. Get the tree so it's not stressed. Mm -hmm. Yep. Kayla is an Estevan. I have an elm tree with some low-hanging branches that are dead. Can I trim them now or do I have to wait till fall? No. Okay, so we're past our trimming time for elm trees. Yes. That is the law. Can't do it. Can't do it. And it's not just no, a bylaw. I mean, it's not just a guideline. I mean, it's a law. Yeah. There, there probably is a way. I can't remember. I have to look at the site again. But I mean, if you have a tree, you know, like a storm came up and it cut off, there's a way you have to, you know, I think you have to take them right to the landfill and, and bury them or something like that. Right. Okay. Uh, take pictures that your tree was damaged and all that kind of stuff. Right. You can't just go and trim a tree for the sake of trimming a tree. You're not allowed to do that. Right. So if you have, a, yep. yeah. If, if, if yep. it's damaged because of a windstorm, windstorm or something, something like that, that yeah. and it then has to be taken care of. Taken care of, and you can't store that. Contact your municipality, yep. and then right? you can you can get rid of them that way. But just just have have evidence that it was damaged. That's all. Right, and if okay. it's just like simply there are a couple of dead branches that need to be pruned. Yep. you're probably not going to just wait. That's not going to qualify. Wait you know? till September. Wait till September. Yep. Yeah, get get them down in September. Get yep. them out of the yard. Yep. Uh, Less in Corning, one of our regulars as well. Just looked and still no signs of life on my rhubarb. The deer pawed down this winter and ate it right to the ground. Rhubarb will come back. Uh, what no do I do? Problem. Will no it make problem. it? Absolutely. Three years old. No it's problem. It's still early. It's still yeah. It'll come. Yeah. It'll, okay. it'll come. I, I would say, like with your perennials, um, first week of June is even sometimes there's still frost coming out of the ground in some areas in our yard. Especially if you got mulch. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. A couple more texts to get to. Brenda is in Regina. I have either. Bindweed or bindweeds, bindweed in several flower beds growing into the grass. How do I get rid of that? And some flower beds, and I do is pick them, but also put down corn gluten down, mm. and that'll prevent the weed seeds from growing again. You just can't use in the garden, but in your flower beds and your shrub beds, not a problem. Mm, okay, all right. Okay. Uh, Laverne is in Regina. I have a large apple tree. I'd like to open it up 
Sorry, let me read this here. I have a large apple tree. I would like to open up the center so one big branch. Can I do? I'm not quite sure what this text means, but okay. Say uh, it again, more time. I have a large apple tree. I'd yes. like to open up the center. Yes. One big branch. So one big branch. Yep. Can I still do it this spring? So yeah, I think it, it's talking about pruning. As long as it's probably on some apple trees, they haven't started budding yet. You could still do it now. So what happens if you cut an apple tree and it's budded? If it's fully leafed out, I would suggest waiting until it's dormant again or waiting to at least September. Oh, okay, for a, for a big thing, yes. For a big thing, right? Right, okay, all right. Uh, there is one more text I want to get to here that we can just uh, go over quick while we have one more minute. Let's see if I can find it here. Um, this is Joyce in St. Wahlberg. Last week there was mention of pellets soaked and put around has caps. Missed the tech, the information. Can you pass it along again? It was has cap bushes and I think probably alfalfa pellets. Probably alfalfa pellets, yep. Just so make a soaking, tea. Making a tea. Yep. Or you can use it as a slow release. You don't, want a, you don't want a high nitrogen. Alfalfa, I mean, sour cherries do not like high nitrogen at all. They won't produce very well. Right. So just using an organic fertilizer like the alfalfa pellets works perfect. So you can make a tea by simply putting yep. a bunch of alfalfa pellets into a bucket, yep. adding water water, yep. soaking them, right? They'll kind of turn to a mush. You can put yep. all that on there yep. together, together, or you can strain it out and use it as water yep. just to water a plant with. And then put, right? put the other, whatever stray strain off, put it into the garden. Right. Yeah. Whatever you yep. strain off, yep. kind of the mush left over, yep. throw it in the garden and it'll work it in, work it in. It'll be good, good yep. for that too. So two ways you can use that yep. product. Now, right? Jill and I, during one of the breaks, we looked at a little bit about the vole damage real quick. And then we, there is some videos on there on called bridge grafting. So stay tuned. Me and Rick are going to try and do a YouTube video. Ah. Put it on our put it yep. on our website on our Inspiration Hub this yep. week. So stay tuned the next couple of weeks, and we will definitely try and do a it's, how to. It's, it's a hard graft. It's one of the hardest grafts to do. Right. But it's called bridge grafting. So we okay. were geeking out. We're going to become pros. Sounds good. When you guys get it done, we'll we'll be talking about it on here on Garden yep. Talk for sure. Thank you for joining us. We made it through all the text that we got. Hopefully, we got yours in too. If we missed a couple, we'll make sure we uh, text you back at the end of the show. But thanks for joining us. Get out there get gardening get started and we're going to be doing the same thing in our yards yeah, there you go. <laughs> we'll catch you same time same place next week i'm jay with jill and rick this has been garden talk on 980 cjme and 650 ckom